that it's kind of trying to do like a swoony time travely sigh and i don't think it came out that great i had a friend yeah named rich in high school and keep in mind this was maybe 99 2000 i was like maybe a sophomore in in high school Mm -hmm. pre 9 11 for sure perfect yeah just to kind of put you in a time and place and mental state but Mm -hmm. rich his party trick Aside from the fact that he once found a in a in Horsetooth Reservoir, which we okay. live next to. Uh, absolutely um, going to bleep that because it was so horrifying, a thing that you've said, that I just don't want people to even know that that happened. So I will bleep that for folks. Anyway. His other party trick. Yeah. Um, he only did that first one one time. Okay, good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> his other party trick is that he would do a thing in class where he was able to sort of throw his voice in a way that I've never really seen anyone except for like ventriloquists do. Mm -hmm. Um, And he used to do this thing where he would um, do like a really subtle but noisy female moan. Okay. Ah! Something like that. Ah! Yeah. Um, But he would do it without moving an inch or moving his mouth at all. Your one sounds like, have you ever seen a video of like a turtle humping a shoe? I know. He's really good at it. I'm (laughs) I'm less good at it. I've never, obviously never experienced it. Yeah. So I just kind of have to guess at it. (laughs) Yeah. um, You've seen, you clearly heard a lot of turtles humping shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've heard Rich do the female moan many times. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. so he used to just do, just trot that out in class every now and then, just yeah. to just to sort of sow a little chaos, you know. Yeah. And I thought that's maybe what you were doing. Uh, no, I was trying to do. You're just a... coming in hot with some f- female moans. Yeah. No, Can you do I was... it? I I I think I probably I just want to hear. You, I just want to hear what I what won't. shape it takes from you. I don't want to. I'm Let's just do it, man. It. Let's I don't just want do to. it. You I, want me uh, to do it again com- with full of confidence, and you can kind of draft off doing, that. Yeah. Okay. Mm, that's pretty weak. The what I was trying to do is like a swoony time travel sigh. Oh, okay, because the movie was about time travel, and sw- but of... it was pretty swoony, this... wasn't it? What do you call that? Edwardian, nineteen twelve. Uh, sure. Okay, yeah, it sort of took place in this Edwardian era. Everyone yeah. had that mid-Atlantic accent where they yeah. sort of sound British, but not really. Oh, uh, we should say what it is. We should say what it is. J- Jack's wife, Sarah, made us My watch. Wife. The most bananas movie <laughs> this week. Yeah, it's called Somewhere in Time. It's an absolute ride. It's I a fucking never ride. knew where it was going. <laughs> it stars Christopher Reeve and uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yeah, Jane Seymour. Um, and Christopher Plummer. And Christopher Plummer. Most famous for being a plumber, I think. Is he? Was he? I think so. Oh, no, okay. sorry. Most famous for winning the Triple Crown of Acting. There it is. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so my wife, uh, I think she watched this when she was a young, impressionable lady. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's really stuck with her ever since. It's like, 
It's like me constantly suggesting Super Troopers to everyone I meet. Yeah, ex- it's, it's like exactly you gotta like watch that. this movie. You've gotta Super see Troopers. Super Troopers. It's so fucking funny. hilarious. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. There's this one scene where they're like really high and they have to talk to a yeah. cop. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. And that it's guy's so married funny. to Christina Hendricks. Did you know yeah. that? Whoa. Yeah. No, it's I think it's exactly like that. Where it's like the actual qualities of the movie are impossible to divorce in your mind from the person you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you yeah. first experienced, when it first imprinted itself upon you. Yeah, of course. Um, which is not to say that this movie was bad. It's just fucking bananas. It was just weird <laughs> as hell. It was it was so weird. Um, it's... I have something to admit now. Okay, yeah. Um, and I'm falling on my sword a little bit. I know okay, this good. is going to embarrass me, and I think okay. it'll embarrass and by a lot extension, of you, too. Me, because yeah. when you're embarrassed on our show, uh, I'm embarrassed, too. I talk a lot about the 1998 film Kate and Leopold starring Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman. Which we, which is, don't worry, folks, it's on our list. We'll get to it. I've never seen it. Yeah. And that's what I'm here to admit and sort of like hat in hand come to you and say, I've never seen it, but I suspect that it's largely the same plot as this film. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's don't the same type of vibe, I th- but in reverse. But in reverse, yeah, it's someone coming from, like, Napoleon days to modern Manhattan. Yeah, to fall in love with Meg Ryan. Right, right, right. Who would um, Yeah, so this is this is sort of the progenitor to, to that. I guess, is that a genre? Time travel love movies? Yeah, I guess, yeah. like, Inception would probably fall into that, too. Absolutely. Uh, Time Cop with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm, certainly. Um, uh, I think his wife died, and he kind of goes... He goes back mostly to just like kick ass, but yeah, that some good. of it is also that his his wife died and he loves her still. I think it's been a while since I saw Time Cop. We'll put it on the list. We'll put it on the list. We're we're counting it as a romance. Yeah. So yeah, I think what a weird movie it was. Um, yeah. I enjoyed watching it. I think I'm gonna really enjoy talking about it. Yeah. Um, do, should we describe the film? Yeah, let's say it. Um, so I, I guess what I first want to say is that I have read a book by Jack Finney called okay. Time and Again. Okay, is that the premise for Time Cop? I think that Time Cop... That's the basis for Time Cop? ...wouldn't exist without Jack Finney's Time and Again. That's right. what okay. I'll say. I, yeah. I, I loosely based on. Yeah. But, and Finney is mentioned in this movie. Is he? Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, yes. says at one point that she has read one of his books. May I? Uh, of course. This is incredible. This guy... Finney? He was my philosophy teacher at Millfield. Really? Yeah. She read that book over and over. Oh, okay. Was it the book that this movie is based on? Because then she should have seen a lot of the plot details coming through, like when he notices the penny in his pocket and but um, presumably just vanishes from existence in this her timeline. Is, this is all stuff that I could have researched and haven't. But right. what no, I'll say, just to kind of put a button on it, is that the time travel theory presented in Jack Finney's Time and Again, which is it's one of the like classic sci-fi novels, is absolutely fucking bonkers and absolutely exactly the time travel theory that is presented in this film. I wouldn't even say this is a time travel theory. I would say this is a lucid dreaming technique. Yeah. Or like a hypnotism technique so of some it's, sort. It's more like uh, flatliners. Yes, it's exactly like <laughs> Flatliners. Or what's the movie where um, Kevin Bacon jacks in? Inner Space? No. 
I can't remember what it's called, but it's sort of like that. There, uh, a, a movie you and I like to talk about a lot is Dreamscape. It's kind of like that. We talk about Dreamscape a lot. No, I think we talk about um, Netflix, the Netflix original movie Bright a lot. That's I guess with also Will Smith true. and Joel Edgerton. Yes. Okay. Fine. And yes. that's not really about time travel at all. No, yeah, and you've introduced it into the conversation in a way that I just don't know. It's, it's like you just like dropped a stink bomb into the whole conversation in a or way. Or like, like a, I don't like a I think we just bomb, we have you know? to yeah abandon like a flashback. I think, I think we now just have to abandon. There's no coming back from it because it's like bright has nothing to do with anything. It's not good. Nobody, nobody's. Seen what do you it. mean it's not good? What do you mean <laughs> no one's seen it? I've been running that flag up the flagpole for years now. <laughs> It was the first Netflix original movie. Everyone was like, this is not going to work, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Everyone is, after they canceled Babysitter's Club, everyone yeah. has come back around yeah. to saying yeah. it's not going to work, Netflix. Exactly. So I guess exactly. I was prescient in that way. Um, yeah, we there's a lot of time travel movies we could compare this to. but um, and, and I think in doing so, you and I would sort of have that nice kind of masturbatory feel of showing off how much we know about time travel movies, yes. which yeah. I'm drawn to. Yeah, I'm drawn to that as but well. But I'm not sure it's great audio. Okay, well, let's let's continue then and let's say... But so I can this, talk about more, more okay. about Bright because I, I do don't think want that, that. Is, that could be rich audio. I think, that's, I think that was bad for the last part of the conversation. I was excited that we okay. moved on from it. Okay. Um, and I think we now have to move on again, but that's all right. That's all right. The, I'm going to steer this ship uh, back uh, into calmer waters by s- stating again that this film has a really bonkers theory of time travel or whatever you want to call it. And maybe yeah. that's where we can start as we unpack okay. this this feature. Yeah. Um, the, so the, why don't you say the theory? The theory is, and we learned this from a professor at a small liberal arts college in rural Michigan. Yeah. There's a theory of time travel that states that if you remove any objects, yeah, any tangible objects from your line of sight, yeah, that will remind you of the modern day and instead yeah. replace them with like things that remind you of the the time that you're trying to travel to. Yeah, but you have to also dress that way. And you have to dress that way, yes. Yeah. And then you record a little tape where you're sort of like convincing yourself that you have successfully traveled in time. Yeah. And then you take a little nap. Yeah. Um, and when you wake up, you will have traveled through time. I was uh, lying down in that room. All the sights around me, a part of the past, even the sounds I heard. And I conceived an ocean. What? I asked myself, if I attempt to hypnotize my mind, suggest to it that it isn't 1971, but 1571. I closed my eyes and fed a suggestion into my brain. It's August 1571. I am in the Hotel del Vecchio, and I spelled out the details for myself and did it over and over and again and again and again. Yeah, but you gotta like really believe it, and there can be nothing to remind you of. No, 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 and that's unfortunately how the whole thing comes this crumbling thing does fall apart. down. Is yeah. he at the end of the film pulls a penny out of his pocket yeah. and notices that its stamp says it's from 1979? By the way, this movie's from 1980. Yeah, and it sucks him back into yeah. the present time, much like the the black yes. 
demons and ghosts sucked all yes, those bad guys. Exactly down like. Exactly like. So that's the theory of time travel in this film. It's quite. They leave a lot on the table. They don't get into the details. You know. Yeah. But Christopher Reeve goes up to this professor and he says, "I have a question for you, sir." And then the "Is this true?" music plays. Yeah. Is time travel possible? That is a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, it totally is. Let's start from the beginning. It starts, uh, it's a frat party with Superman. And yeah, it's a, it's a frat party with Superman. Yeah. He is a young playwright. Yeah, he's a young playwright at a frat party, and they're having a good time doing keg stands and shit, or whatever it is that they did in the 80s. Yeah, cocaine, okay, I think. Um, yes, and then uh, Rose from the Titanic. Yeah, she sort of appears. Appears, and they're like, who's that old lady? <laughs> and she just goes, come back to me. Come back to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, what? Uh, but yeah. then he does. And it, uh, it he's creates... He's so intrigued by yeah. it that he, he goes back to the Grand Hotel yeah. in Mackinac Island, yeah. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, which is a place near his college. But it's like eight years later. Yeah. He's graduated from college. He can't get her out of his head. But he can't get her out of his head. something about her. Yeah. So he goes back to do a little, to sort of immerse himself in her world. Yeah. To see if he can learn anything about her. Yeah. Um, And he does. He learns learns she was a babe. Mega babe. Yeah. Mega babe. Really good at acting. The best actor of her times. Had this like overbearing manager played by Christopher Plummer, most notably, uh, most known for his plumbing skills. Yes. No. Um, uh, three-time acting award recipient. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just, you have that. Just got it right up, up there. Yeah, it's not the yeah. plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so hot for the hot Dr. Quinn in the photo from the old times. That Christopher he can't Reeve or? Um... Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't sleep in his tiny bed. He has his tiny bed and he can't sleep in it because he's so hot for the picture. Yeah, he's sort of a hulk of a man. Here's a question for you, Jack. If Christopher Reeve, God bless his soul, God re- yeah. may he rest in peace, yeah. were still alive. Let me rephrase this. Okay. If Christopher Reeve came up in the modern day, yeah. do you think he would be a hunky movie star? Do you think he'd be one of the Chris's? Like, do you think we'd be talking about him alongside like Chris Pine and... I I wanted I had had in my notes that I wanted to have Sarah, my wife, come on the podcast and hold forth about uh, Christopher Reeve's handsomeness. I'm not going to because she had a really rough night last night. The baby didn't sleep, but okay. she was speculating along the same lines where it's like he's so handsome. Yeah, she, he didn't. I don't know if Jamie was just trying to make me feel better, but she was like, mm, I don't. His lips are too thin. No, he's literally like a perfect specimen of a man but i was watching a scene where he and and jane seymour were like kissing and i was like i've never seen two more beautiful people kiss in my life i've never seen two more beautiful lips four (laughs) more beautiful lips pressed together. it's not even sexual it's like yeah awesome you know yeah (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah we were talking about his handsomeness it's kind of otherworldly and it like maybe doesn't fit in this time and place anymore but it is it is a very profound and striking handsomeness that he has yeah i agree 
And he's handsome, obviously, and she's a mega babe. And he's like, I'm going to do, I t- found this professor. Fortunately, I found this professor. Oh, she gives him a clock. Yeah, she she, she shows up to his like first play. That's the yeah. frat party Jack was talking about. And she okay. says, come home to me. And she gives him a she's clock. She's like, here's a clock. And then he goes to like the um, the lady who is the archivist of all of her acting memorabilia. And he's yes. like, hey, uh, I know this is weird, but she gave me this clock. And the lady's like, whoa, that clock was like her favorite fucking thing. She just gave yeah. it to some rando at a frat party. Yeah. yeah. Where did you get that? Well, she gave it to me, ma'am. At the opening night of a play that I wrote at Millfield College about eight years ago. Well, it was very precious to her. She never, never left it out of her possession. Disappeared the night she died. She died that night. Won't you come in, please? And then he's like, okay, obviously time travel is the next step. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> is that a paradox? Well, yeah. So let's talk about the paradox. I've got some theories. Okay. So the obvious paradox is where did the clock come from? Yeah. And when did she give it to him? The clock gets into his hands. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, when she's a young lady, yeah, is given that clock by Christopher Reeve. Right, exactly. Back in it's, time. It's very confusing. And then she gives it back to him. So where did the clock come from? And who met who first? Because he is so compelled by her that he feels the need to travel back in time to seek her out. Yeah. But when he gets there, she's never she has seemed to have heard of him, but not really. So like she's expecting him in this like kind of cosmic way. Cosmic never way. really explain it. So, like, did he woo her or did she woo him? Let me run another theory by you. When we first meet Rose from the Titanic, which is old, is what I'm calling old Dr. Quinn medicine woman, 80s version, in my theory that I'm running by you, she's never met him before. She's just a horny old lady. Right, okay. So then she just goes to his play. She's a horny old lady. She goes to a frat party, and she's like, look at this. It's Christopher Reeve. He's the handsomest guy I've ever seen. I'm going to see if I can trick this fucking beautiful man into traveling back in time. To, like, fuck me in my prime. To fuck me in my prime. Yeah. And that's how the time loop starts. And then it's a a real time (sighs) loop. And that's that's powerful love, you know? Yeah. That's, (laughs) That's a powerful attraction. Yeah, the only other people person I've ever known to pull that off is Captain America. Did he? He did that. Yeah, famously okay. in the yeah. Avengers movies. Okay. Yeah, and that's a spoiler, by the way, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame. Yeah, but that's like several years. Oh ago. yeah, he not he pulled that off too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Except he he never manages to pull like a penny from two thousand and no sixteen out of his pocket. But I think that. The horny old lady theory of time travel, it doesn't completely get rid of all of the paradoxes, but it creates one easy paradox, which is just the paradox of time travel, and it gets rid of some of the other ones, where it's like, where did the clock come from? It's like, she was just an old lady with a clock, and she that's how it started. She had never met him before. Yeah. So I think that's one theory, but then he does go back in time, and it's very romantic, isn't it? It's pretty romantic. Um, It's also pretty weird, and- Um, it's an odd time period to choose because like Jamie came and sat down and she's like, Ooh, is this Regency? And I said, no, it's like 1912. Yeah. Like it's a little bit too modern to feel old timey, but 
it's also I don't know, it just it felt like a weird time period to focus on. But he also he he goes back in time. He wears this funny suit that apparently yeah. is like ten years out of date when he manages to actually find his way back to nineteen twelve. Oh really? D- did you miss that part? They Probably, are constantly yeah. making fun of him for his because like, his suit is too corny old. suit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, mon chéri, we meet again. Yes. Hello. I so admire men not hide bound by the dictates of fashion. Yeah. That suit. I haven't seen one like it for a decade. <laughs> uh, a decade? Yeah. Yeah, and then he um he he falls asleep and wakes up in 1912. Yeah, he makes it happen. The professor who taught it to him was like, I've only managed to do it once and it only lasted for a second. Right, right. But the such is the strength of his love, I think we we're expected to assume. Yeah, I think so. But it, my question is like if you had the ability to sort of like manifest whatever you want in the dream world, yeah. First of all, are you Freddy Krueger? Because that's his thing. Yeah. Second of all, why would you go back to 1912? Like, go and like, go play the stock market, you know? Jane Seymour is really stunningly beautiful. Yeah, I guess. But like, go back to 1912 and get her and bring yeah. her back to like 1970. At least make a bet in 1912, I guess. But make he's already he's already filthy rich from all the plays he's writing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess he doesn't really need money, right? <laughs> In fact, yeah. money is like ultimately what takes him down. They do a scroll. Uh, oh, that's such a good point. But they do a scroll at one point where we see him in his like penthouse apartment. You know, yeah. in the eighties, like writing plays was the ticket. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> writing plays was the equivalent of being like really into crypto. Yeah, everyone you know? saw Tony Kushner like finding yeah. so much success. They're like, and they're we like, want to throw a ton of money at this. But they do a scroll of like all the plays he's written. I only wrote one down, but one of them is called Passionate Apathies. <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, he's kind of jaded and broken, isn't he? A little bit. I think he's just sort of lovesick for this hottie from the past. But he doesn't, until he realizes that she exists, there's something missing, quite clearly missing in his life. And then he realizes she exists, but she's in the past. And he's like, I'm used to having everything I want. I do a lot of fucking cocaine. It's the 80s. I wrote a play called Passionate Apathies, and it fucking bought me this penthouse. Literally anything is possible. I'm going to figure out time travel. He does go back in time. And then, like, not much, really. Happens? Yeah. No, they sort of, there's a little bit of tension, but it's it's really just the most minor amount of tension possible between um, him and Christopher, Christopher Plummer. Plummer. But Christopher Plummer, it turns out, isn't even that, he's like a little bit protective of her. <laughs> because he's like her agent. Yeah. But I also think he sort of had designs to like be with her. You Probably, know? yeah. He's got a funny mustache. Yeah. And he's like a thousand years older than her. Yeah. Can I ask you sort of a sensitive question? Uh, you can ask. And I know I'm kind of digging into your psyche quite a lot this week with all the, yeah. like, making you moan like a, a female. Lot. You and moan like a lady. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, just in terms of, like, historical figures yeah. that you would want to go back in time to, to bed. Yeah. What, like, who are your, like, who's your top three, maybe? Eleanor of Aquitaine, number one, okay. with a fucking yeah. bullet. Um... Lady Godiva on the horse, probably. Oh, is that she the one who like had sex with a horse, or was that Lady Catherine? Lady Catherine uh, did not have sex with a horse, but uh, a rumor um, emerged to discredit her that uh, she did. So yes, oh, okay. And I guess I have continued to discredit. Yeah, and her. you are perpetuating a centuries-old unfair attack on Catherine yeah. the Great. Who's Bathory? She she bathed in virgin blood. Who? Bathory. I don't know who that is. 
Okay. I saw a spawn, uh, Todd McFarlane action figure of it once. And then I'll just say for my number three, Bodicea. And I know you motherfuckers think it's Boudica, but it's not. Oh, I was going to say Bodicea too, and it's Boudica. It's um, not. I mean, I was going to say Boudica too. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. As long as we're not, we're not like, we'll just get our calendar. No, we can't. We have an agreement that we can't. No, I know. I'm just woman. saying we go on different days. Um, I mean, yeah, assuming I she'll have us, by God. <laughs> oh, but I'll just like, I'll show her my iPhone and be like, I'm from the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's imperative. <laughs> in case our wives are listening, it's not cheating because it happened before we met you. No, it happened before you were even born. Way before we How am I supposed yeah. to teach you? How am I supposed <laughs> to cheat on you when you're not even born yet? <laughs> yeah. Um, Good. My Thanks other for two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't ask you. Yeah. Oh, do you want to know? You don't have. No, it's fine. No, I guess I'm curious. As long as none of them are Pokemons. No, none of them can be Pokemon. I well, you know what? It's your thing, man. I don't want to make rules. It's your it's your game that we're playing. Deanna Troy. Deanna Troy. Yes. Okay. So any, I guess they would have to jump forward. Any, in time any for that. Uh, historical woman from the past, and your choice, your first choice, apart from one that I said, is Counselor Troy from the Starship Enterprise. Okay. Yep. Great. And time is cyclical. <laughs> yep. Uh, Murphy Brown. <laughs> crushed it okay Murphy I just kind of like her like yeah. I like her confidence you know her yeah. strength I find it very I like attractive. her energy too yeah yeah, that's great yeah she had a baby by herself she wasn't afraid to so strong so strong Dan Quayle really so attractive stepped in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright I feel good about those answers yeah that's great absolutely nailed it um Let's see. So let's just recap. Um, Rose from the Titanic gets horny, goes to a frat party, gives a man a clock and is like, I don't know. It's possible that he won't go back in time to fuck me in my prime. But if he does, that's going to be a sweet memory I can have tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ride that one right into the, <laughs> the eternal bliss. Yeah. Um, and she does because she dies the next day. <laughs> yeah, she does die the next day. Yeah. Um, he reads about it in a book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not to laugh at that. It's no, sad. no, no. But you know, one yeah. one assumes that Rose from the Titanic died right after she threw that fucking necklace in the pond. Yeah, because Bill Pullman killed her. Did he? I assume so. He was. That's his whole life goal was to find that heart of the ocean. Oh yeah, it's been a while since I saw the Titanic. And if he had caught wind that she had had it the whole time and threw it into the ocean, he's probably pretty fucking He'd pissed be off. Furious. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think it was Bill Paxton. You know what? Let's do it. You know what would be good? Would be a... Uh, if you're going to say Titanic-themed Halloween costume, yeah, Andrea and I have already talked about it. I would go as Bill Paxton. Who's Andrea? Our friend, Andrea? Andrea, our friend. Okay, well, I'm saying for Titanic the... Titanic you know, People fan. who listen to this podcast. There's an audience. You could go as young Rose. Andrea okay. will go as old Rose. Okay. I think there's a whole theme costume in there. I think you can accommodate up to six friends. Can we carry the um the uh little piece of piano? The door. Yeah, the door. That's what it yeah, is. Sorry. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. We'll carry the door. And then we'll all we'll all like demonstrate, oh, we gotta watch that movie for demonstrate this, huh? for the party that we can all fit on it and be like, see, and then everyone yeah. will be like, What what about buoyancy? <laughs> yeah, all right, Bill Nye the science guy. What um, about it? Listen, I'm that's not what I was pitching. Okay. Can I pitch I'm pitching a sequel to Titanic that's called like The Search for the Missing Jewel. Okay. Yeah. And it's uh, Bill Paxton and uh, like a bunch of fucking like deep sea divers, and they go looking for the um, heart of the ocean. Yeah, and, and probably you think there's that'll like make, 
that you think um, that'll be interesting to watch? Monster, monster in the ocean. Oh, uh, monster in the ocean's a good idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Titanic two. Um, did this movie feel a little bit like an episode of Doctor Who to you? Yeah, totally. It did to me too. It's like yeah. the episode where he goes back and makes With Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh cry. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah, also yeah, yeah. a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, it's a, a very strange movie. I kind of recommend it. Christopher Reeve is so handsome and, um, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, what a babe. And they do swoonily fall in love. Yeah. And they do have one of the last things they do in the film is, is have a quite intimate horny sex scene. Oh yeah. There was minutes left and they were like, like getting into the sex scene. And I was like, wow, what a, what a move to end the film on a sex scene. Yeah. It's very wanting more, you know? What do you say we take a quick break and I guess say the rest of the movie, though I think we've said most of it. Um, well, we should probably talk about what happens to Christopher Reeve at the end of the film. Yeah. Because okay. we do need to litigate whether or not this is truly a romance. Okay, perfect. So we'll start there. Okay, let's take a, a quick break and do that. Okay. At the one hour and 10 minute mark of this film, um, yeah, they do because uh, you were talking about a big horny sex scene, and that made me think of this. They do; they have the first kiss. Okay, right. They do a big kiss, and yes. she says, "Oh my god, what's happening?" Oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah, it's 1912. So I think she has. I think maybe kissing hadn't been invented in this no, timeline. No, no, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. No one had ever thought to do it. Because if you think about it, it's just like, it's in our cultural vocabulary, so we don't question it. But it's not a natural thing to think of doing if you hadn't heard of it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's pretty it's like, gross. Let's mush our fact. lips like, together. Yeah. In fact, one one scene in this film at the end when they're like post-coital. Yeah. And they're like sitting there like having a little picnic in her bedroom. Yeah. She is like literally wolfing down on fried chicken. Like she's yeah. just like going to town on this fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, and Christopher Reeve like cannot help himself. He has to go in for like a deep kiss right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so he is just trying to get that, just got some of that sweet fried chicken off her. But also like think about how disgusting kissing is. Cause yeah. it's like, yeah, I just like. I ju- yeah. That's horrible. I just ate a bunch of fried chicken. You want to kiss me now? Yuck. You want to hear? So, oh my God, what's happening is goes down in history as top five things to say to someone when they first kiss you. Would you like to hear um, what the first woman that I kissed said to me as it happened? Yeah, please. Let me see if I can get it right because it really stuck in my head. This one really stuck with me. I guess you were drunker than I thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was at a party and like... I didn't want to kiss her and I wasn't expecting it. And I was trying to prevent it from happening by suggesting that I was drunker than I was. Oh, nice. Right. But then okay. it did happen. And, you know, it was like in someone's dorm room. It's just like, I think, I don't know if it's a college thing or I was like, this is, should be, this isn't very private. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and it went really badly. And then she was like, you know what? You are too drunk to be doing this with. I'm sorry. And it was, um, it really kind of stuck with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll let you know, I guess. You'll let. Oh I, yeah, when, yeah. If when it happens for you, yeah, you'll you be tell the first me. to know. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna it. be. It looks awesome from the movie. Yeah. No, it doesn't look awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say this: Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour uh, kiss in a very upsetting way. Particularly Christopher Reeve. He, yeah. He is sort of like 
he keeps his mouth open a lot. Maybe that that take is like that's not in the script. That's actually just Jane Seymour, the actress, saying, "Oh my god, what is happening?" And oh, they're like, right. "Oh, let's keep it. We'll keep it. Like, Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to do this again. This was the best take we had. That was a kiss. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were trying to give. Fr- I thought you were literally trying to steal the fried chicken out of my mouth. <laughs> And let's see what else. 420 is in this. 420 is in this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. April, he he travels back to time on April 19th. No, I'll tell you when he travels back in time and it's interesting. I have the, I'll share my thoughts on that after I talk about this. Um, okay. The reason he knows that time travel is possible is he looks at an old address book that's like for the hotel where she lived or whatever. Yeah, he's constantly harassing this old man who like yeah. is the caretaker of the hotel, who never bats an uh like n- never questions it. He's just like, "Yes, sir, Mr. Collier, like I will like I will go to the attic and get that guest book from 1912 for you." Yeah. It's only 3 in the morning. Arthur? Come on, wake up. Hi, Arthur. I'm really sorry to wake you up, but you're the only one who can help me. Listen, you know those things in the Hall of History display cases? Where do they come from? Is this our storeroom or something? Arthur, please, where do those things come from? The uh, attic, Mr. Guy. But he sees that he has he has signed in. And he's like, that means that I must have been there. And it's like right. room 416. And then when he does go back in time, he's like, what room is uh, Jane Seymour in? And they show him to room 420. And he's like, Whoa, are you sure that's the right room? Yeah. I mean, I like to party, but I didn't bring any supplies with me back to 1912. You know what I mean? Um, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Are, are you sure this is the right room? The right room, sir? I, I don't understand. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Bills. That room is reserved. Forgot to put a notice in the slot. I'm very sorry. I also think a lot of people were probably just doing opium back then. I think that was the thing. So this is maybe why they have an affinity is because he's doing all this cocaine at frat parties, which in, is the 80s oh, version. Yes, 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 of yes. Opium dens in the early teens. Yeah. And they fall, he does find her, but Christopher Plummer is like protective of her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he's like her manager, but also like is in love with her and is very protective of her on both fronts because... Christopher Reeve is yeah. a playwright and introduces himself as a playwright and also like makes his intention to to get it on with her pretty yeah. clear from the from the get go. Yeah. So I I guess if I were in Christopher Plummer's shoes, I would be a little threatened. Well, too. he doesn't own her, does he? <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> what I said. Sexually threatened. Yeah, I guess he's trying to get with it. You see this big slab of beef, Christopher Reeve? I know. Literally appear out of nowhere and be like, I've traveled across time and space. And everyone kind of seems to accept that that's what has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broadly. Like, Christopher Plummer kind of is like, I think this guy is from the future. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) There's also this delightful French lady who he keeps bumping into. Yeah. Who seems to see through his, his guys as well. Yeah. Flustered, my sweet. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Never seen an actress on the sablier before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked her. Um, and that, but we eventually she does a play, right? She does do a play. Yeah. She. So we see her play, and she gives this like 
weird monologue that kind of feels like it's at us. Yeah, and it maybe is in the play, but maybe not. No one really reacts to it. It's it's oddly specific. It's yeah. just about like how this man like appeared out of nowhere, and he's she's so in love with him, and she's like barreling Christopher Reeve in the audience the entire time. Yeah. But no one seems to, to, everyone's just like, well, that's one of the best parts of that play. The part where she talked about a time-traveling honk coming yeah. to, like, fuck her. I'm amazed he has the least desire to marry. He's so happily wedded to his gold. <laughs> yeah, perhaps it won't be all that bad, miss. There must be something you like about him. Yes, his absence. <laughs> man of my dreams has almost faded now. And what man is that, miss? The one I have created in my mind. The sort of man each woman dreams of in the deepest and most secret reaches of her heart. I can almost see him now before me. What would I say to him if he were really here? There are these two guys, so they hone in on the audience, like they zoom in on the audience. This is at the one hour and 15 minute mark. And there are these two dudes in the audience who are like, like really kind of overacting like how into the monologue they are. They keep like turning to each other and being like, what? Whoa. Cool. Um, And Tanner... You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have played that fucking part. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think we both could have. Yeah, I would have loved to just sort of bite off a piece of that. You know, I think I could have made a lot of hay with that. Would you like to record with me now just a few reactions? So, because the, they they we don't hear them, we just hear her monologue, but and we see them. I think just for the DVD, and then for maybe for the DVD extras for the commentary track, do that. We can send it to them, and they can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They can overdub it if they like it or not. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Do you want to do it on IMDb just to sort of put it out in the world, like additional dialogue? Yes. Or like cut scene or something like that. I think we should put this as additional dialogue. On the IMDb page, yes. For, okay. For this movie, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm navigating to the page now. Okay, perfect. That's great. Somewhere in time. Do you want to know any of the the did you know stuff that already exists? Uh, sure, if it's interesting, I guess. Goofs. Goofs. Recurring throughout the movie and specifically referred to in the lover's conversation is the lyric... Uh-oh, where did it just go? I found it. Goofs, recurring throughout the movie and specifically referring to the lover's conversation is the lyric melody from Rachmaninoff, Rhapsody on a theme by Paganini. Paganini, but doctor, I am Paganini. This work did not exist in 1912. It was composed and premiered in 1934. This is done by design. Yeah, because she says at some point, like, oh, I love that song. What is it? And he's like, oh, it's Rachmaninoff. Yeah, interesting. That's fascinating. Well, we're going to add our own trivia here. Yeah, let's add our own trivia. Um, is there like cut scenes or cut dialogue or additional dialogue or something like that we can put in here? Alternate versions? Yeah, we can do alternate versions. That's perfect. Okay. okay. So I'll just say add one item. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to add... So we're going to workshop the dialogue. So I'll just put this in now. In the scene 
where Elise, is that her name? Her name is Elise McKenna, but we just call her Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I don't See, they're not going to accept just it. Just to avoid confusion, you know? Okay, great. Now we're not going to get it accepted. Well, no. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot. You know, this feels important. In the scene where call her Elise McKenna, I guess. Okay, it's not how I know her. You know, is reading her monologue. Two men in the audience react with surprise and admiration. Uh, in an alternate version of the script, we hear those reactions. Good. We hear that dialogue. Great. It proceeds as follows. Okay, perfect. Or it is as follows? Either way. It's IMDb, not the okay. New Yorker. So what do we want to call these guys? That's a good question. I think they would have names if they had lines. So Let's give them what's really... What's real comp- 1912-y names? You know? Greg. Oh, you think so? I don't know. What Do you want to do... Let's do Greg, and then we'll do a really 1912-y one, like... Um, most popular boys' names in, let's see, how old would you think he was? About 30? Yeah, I think they're in their 30s. So 18, 80. we'll say 1880. Yeah. Okay. Um, not going to surprise you, it's all Bible names. Yeah, Thomas. John, William, James, George, Charles, Frank, Joseph, Henry, Robert, Thomas, Edward, Harry, Walter. Ooh, Walter's kind of nice. Should we, Walter's pretty good. Let's get something a little bit more exotic if one of them's going to be Greg. Okay. Well, there's Willie in here, or Elmer. Elmer. Okay. Elmer feels right. All right, so now we'll just... I'm going to put a few lines of dialogue for them. We'll just... And then you and I can workshop it. We'll do it over the um, over the track so folks can hear what it would have sounded like. Okay. Uh, do you want to be Greg or Elmer? Um, Elmer. Okay. All right, I'll, let's like just I start. embody the... No, I think you should be Elmer because you can do the like mid-Atlantic accent. Oh, can I? You you have claimed to me before in the past that you can do any English accent. You're pretty proud of it, in fact. What's a, but a mid-Atlantic accent is very specifically like in the ocean outside of England. No, it? it's not, dummy. It's <laughs> what they all. It's the way they all. It's like the way Catherine Hepburn talked in yeah. all those movies yeah. from the like 40s. Uh, you let's know, just, it's like vaguely English. Can you do it? I don't. I I did not off the top of my head. But let's just let's let's run this. Okay. We because we want to get the line. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll start. Okay. Should we get in character? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're watching a play. If we close our eyes and do this, maybe we'll actually, it'll actually happen. Oh, yeah. Like in the movie. I'm going to try it tonight. Okay. Ready? Yep. I'm amazed he has the least desire to marry. He's so happily wedded to his gold. (laughs) Eh, Perhaps it won't be all that bad, miss. There must be something you like about him. Yes, his absence. (laughs) The man of my dreams has almost faded now. Whoa! Um, what's your name again, Greg? Yeah. Hello, Greg, it's me. (laughs) What's my name again? Elmer. And what man is that, miss? Tis I, Elmer. The one I have created in my mind. Hail and well met. Uh... (laughs) Are you watching? Are you catching this theatrical experience, these bards, and what they're saying on stage? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, Greg, it's 1912. Uh, so this, the, the concept I'm about to to sort of introduce to you hasn't been invented yet, but um, 
I have it on good authority from a gentleman here in the audience named Superman that uh, in the future there is an improv technique called yes anding, <laughs> and the way it works is you give the, you uh, give something yeah you give them something to work off like a conversation with someone you give them a little bit of like meat you know to to kind of chew on. Let's start again. Let's take this again. Uh, From the top. Are we in, uh, is this kind of character? character? Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, let's take this again. Yeah. Okay. I'll start again. Yeah, please. And I'm Greg still, right? Yeah, I'm going down the list here of yeah. names that were popular in 1880. Yeah. Um, Jeff is on here. It was the 192 tooth. Okay, with a J? Most popular name. Or a G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With okay, a Jeff. Fine. With a let's J. go with Jeff. That's fine. Okay. okay. Let's start again. And let's try to get into character. I was in character. Okay. Okay. I'm amazed he has the least desire to marry. He's so happily wedded to his gold. Well, perhaps it won't be all that bad, miss. There must be something you like about him. Yes, his absence. (laughs) The man of my dreams has almost faded now. Whoa, what's she talking about? Hail and well met, <laughs> adventurer. Uh, I'm quite enjoying this play. Did you come with anyone? Just you, Elmer. Uh, okay, we came together. Yes. And? Remember? Uh, there was a... You're doing it. Weird, awkward thing that happened to us in the carriage. Uh, <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I was sort of dreamily looking out the window, sort of musing to myself about how I wished a huge, handsome hunk (laughs) would manifest in front of me, um, and I would fall in love with him. So it it has striking. I've lived without it all my life. Yeah, she's still talking. It has a a striking similarity to to what this actress is saying. And I hope the same thing that happened to me doesn't happen to her, which is that I was there in my estate, in my hunting outfit, hunting some pheasants, Mm. as you know. Yeah. And a big shimmering bubble appeared on the ground in front of me and then disappeared. And inside of the bubble was a naked brute of a man who demanded I hand over my Shakespeare collar. Mm -hmm. That I was, he said, give me your Shakespeare collar. Yeah. Um, and my monocle. Yes. That, I was wondering why you didn't have your Shakespeare collar or your monocle. Yeah. And then I think, I don't think he brought a gun back with him from the future. Is that right? You can't. He needed, yeah. So he, he found a, a musket. Yeah. And he just walked off. And you know the weirdest thing happened to me as well. That same yes. time, which is why I was late. Right. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme shot out of the sky in a cop yeah. uniform. And no, I was there. I saw arrested it. me for public drunkenness. No, I know. And and seeing his cop outfit, yeah, immediately hurtled me back through time and space to yeah. modern day. Yes. And it turns out that I've been now. Oh, yes. Tanner Greenring the whole time. If yes, really and I'm here. Jack Shepard. And yeah. we're recording the podcast now. Yes. 
it may not have sounded like that to you, the sex buds and bed pots. You probably yeah. thought like, oh, they've brought in these two new gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. But that we were actually just in character. Yes. And I didn't write any of that down for IMDB. So should we just do a truncated version? Oh, yeah. Let's let's do that. Yeah. Um, so I guess what we can say is like alternate scene, like in the first version of this script. Right. They sort of introduce time travel plot lines that may have inspired later sci-fi films such as Terminator and Time Cop. Okay, perfect. You're going to write that down? Two characters in the theater scene named Jeff and Homer, or whatever my name was. Jeff and Elmer. Elmer. Sort of a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's between two characters named Jeff and Elmer who have a conversation about time travel that may well have provided the seeds for future, for later time travel, the inspiration. Yeah. I would also say that it it sort of foreshadows the ending of the film as well, if you're really paying attention. Okay. That foreshadows the ending of the film. Which we should tell the bedpots about. And may well have provided inspiration for later time travel films such as Terminator and time, time cop. cop good yeah okay so i'm just gonna should i submit that i think so yeah i don't see any reason why not okay um well let me just read it back to you and then we'll put it on okay um here we go in the scene where elise is reading her monologue two men in the audience react with surprise and admiration in an alternate version of the script we hear that dialogue It's between two characters named Jeff and Elmer who have a conversation about time travel that foreshadows the ending of the film and may well have provided the inspiration for later time travel films such as Terminator and Time Cop. Does that sound right? As far as I know, that's true. Um, All right, that's going in alternate versions on uh, Somewhere in Time's IMDb. I'm going to get banned. Do you think I can get arrested? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. You're worried about it? Oh, you're proofreading. Yes. So let me tell you what happens at the end of the book, Sex Bugs, is yeah. they ju- they get done porking. Yeah. And they seem to have a very good time because they need to refuel afterwards. Yeah. They need to like get out their picnic and have some gamer fuel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fried chicken and like, I don't know what it appears Mountain to be Dew like. Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was like brandy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they're chit-chatting, and they're sort of talking about their future together and how much they love one another. And I don't remember what the driving force behind it was, but Christopher Reeves reaches into his pocket mm-hmm. and pulls out a penny, and it says 1979 on it. And, and he's he, like, no! He, yeah, she starts screaming, he starts screaming, and then he wakes up in 1980 again. The sleeves fit. It's pretty good. Because my arm's about nine feet long. And got pockets everywhere. I can pull rabbits out of here. Oh, yeah, this is the best part. This is a special coin compartment for emergency. Richard. Richard. Richard! 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 And then he dies. (laughs) And then he dies, and he goes to the... Yeah, he's just sort of like... The spark goes out in his life, yeah. you know? They, like, the hoteliers find him, like, rotting to death like that guy in Seven. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, um, Nick Cage in uh, Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and here's where we can sort of debate whether or not this is a romance movie, because according to the strict bylaws of romance, it needs to have a happy ending where they get together in the end, which this movie does have, because they find one another in this endless white plane. Remember the endless white plane from that Harry Potter movie where they find um, the sort of like little fetus, Dumble- uh, fetus Voldemort? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's that same place. Okay, it's the same place. Yeah, yeah. But before, and they find one another there. Yeah. Um. So I guess it it is a romance then, right? I don't think so, man. Because I because they've both passed. I think they both passed. You think she was just hanging out in that white space with baby Voldemort for like seventy years? That'll fuck you up. If that happens, even if you're like your intention is to wait for your time traveling lover to die, like yeah. by the time he gets there, you're gonna be like corrupted. You will be corrupted or, you know, like, I think what I suspect would happen is he shows up in the white space and she's like, oh, my God, you finally made it. Like, so much has happened. I need to introduce you to my husband. Yeah. Fetus Voldemort. (laughs) He was the only companionship I had. The only companion. We really, it turns out we had a lot in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's all. Do you want to add that to IMDb? I don't, just because... I for some reason I'm like I really want IMDb's approval. Like on our Patreon, we added uh, IMDb facts to an episode of Perfect Strangers. I didn't expect it to get accepted, but it did get accepted, and now <laughs> it it shows. Now up. it's an X-ray. It's an X-ray. So like if you watch that ep- the first episode of season five of Perfect Strangers on Amazon Prime, it'll show like and you look at the X-ray, it'll show our silly fact, and I like you. You think we're being too chaotic? No, I'm into it i feel like the people at imdb are like oh great there's a new like contributor who like knows all this really interesting trivia yeah yeah yeah. and like so i want their i crave their approval but i also know that like my house of cards could come crashing down around me yeah i think we just keep building it until that happens (laughs) and then imdb is one of those things where like you have to like sign in using your like actual identity <laughs> oh yeah 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 you're gonna definitely gonna go to jail for imdb police that's gonna be like time cop too man like the imdb police are gonna show up at my house one day do you want to add that to the trivia for this film <laughs> i think the trivia we've added is kind of plausible okay yeah, yeah. so i don't think we should push sure. for luck yeah jeff and elmer and if we can give them a real life and somewhere in time yeah i think i think if we next time we do a time travel romance we're doing what this movie did which is like they created a like a happening that didn't happen in the time stream yeah it's called reification yeah and we're doing that for these guys who knows breathe, maybe they were those guys just Jeff by just by manifesting something in your mind yeah and speaking it aloud you breathe life into yes. it and it becomes real it becomes real and jeff and elmer are as real as as jack and tanner yeah. have ever been yeah you know yes at least uh, to me they are i think next time we do a time travel movie which we definitely are going to do again yeah pretty very soon because yeah. we do have to do time cop and yeah. kate and leopold yeah um i think we can probably bring like trot jeff and elmer back out yeah i would hope and just so just sort of see like how they would handle these these time travel situations. Yeah. So look forward to to them coming back out, I guess. I'm looking forward to those guys. I think they're going to be recurring characters for us. Uh, I think that we really kind of created a life and uh, breathed life into them. Yeah, yeah. And is there anything else you want to say about this film before we go? Um, no, I would watch it if I were you because it's just so weird. It's weird and fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, I don't know when Christopher Reeve had his unfortunate accident but 
It's like prime Christopher Reeve, just it's like prime strapping Christopher hunk of beef. Reeve. Yeah. Squeezed into this comically out of date suit <laughs> from 1902. Yeah. And it's Dr. Like Quinn painted on is him. great in it, and Christopher Plummer is great in it. And I guess that's it. I'd like to thank you, Tanner, so very much for bearing with me. Hey, you're welcome, Jack. Yeah. I'd like to thank the Baby Nation and the Bed Pots and the Sex Bugs for bearing with us. We do love and kiss mm-hmm. you. Um, I would like to say that you got to subscribe to our Patreon. It's tons of fun over there. We're talking about the TGIF shows. You must know that by now. Come just jump in. Water's warm. It's it's a blast. September 29th, 1989 yeah. for us right now. Yeah. So in fun? a way, we're also somewhere in we're time. We're also somewhere, somewhere in time. We're in time yeah. is yeah. September 29, 1989. We're having yeah. a blast. It's patreon.com slash podcast, and it's only $5 a month. What else? Um, you should join our Facebook group, Baby Nation yes. on Facebook. Baby Nation. And uh, rate and review the show and uh, recommend it to a friend. Do you have any friends who like romance movies? Guess what? No. There's a super fun podcast that's talking about the, the good ones. So, and oh. just that's how you say it. I'm talking to the audience as usual. Okay. And yeah. all that remains is for me to say that this week we did uh, watch a film. It was called Somewhere in Time by Gino Svark, directed. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry, Gino, if I pronounce your name wrong. Other notable films that Gino Svark directed? Sam. Jaws 2. Whoa. Okay. Santa Claus the movie. Wow. What a fucking resume. Yeah. Next week, I don't know, Reality Bites? Um, yeah. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be watching Reality Bites. We're sort of on a movie kick right now because we're a little busy with work. Eventually, we will sort of like find our way back to books, but we're having a lot of fun watching yeah. some classic I mean, romance films. Yeah. I think movies are going to be a pretty heavy part of our diet for the foreseeable future. Um, yep. And we'll bring some books in. Keep recommending books because we'll do them uh, one yeah. time. I would love to read a romance manga with you. Yeah, I would If like anyone has any good recommendations for yeah. romance mangas. I'm sure they exist. Yeah. All that remains is for me to say that this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And I hope you find your happily ever after. Thank you, I will. We might be childhood friends and I-